You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Josh Swallows. Welcome to Josh Swallows Broadway. <laughs> I am here with one of my favorite people on the planet and one of the most talented people I've ever met, the divine Miss Stephanie J. Block. Welcome to Josh Swallows. I am here because I love you too. Oh my God. I fell in love with you. Actually, I doubt that you'll remember this. You were rehearsing Pirate Queen. And I just booked the Wicked Tour. Yes. And I had a friend who was in Pirate Queen with you, and I was about to leave town. She was like, oh, we're all having drinks at Blockheads. So I went there to Blockheads, and there you were, treating your company to, like, drinks and guac and chips. Just a burrito. And you sensible were s- burrito. Just a sensible after-rehearsal burrito. Carbs are good after you dance. Um, <laughs> but yeah. you were so generous and so kind to me and gave me the biggest hug. And, like, I just felt, you know, like I didn't know anybody. I, I felt like such a loner. And here's Stephanie J. Block giving me a hug and talking to me about tour and giving me advice and buying me a margarita, a total stranger. And now here we are. And now here we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it was all downhill from there. Well, you know, now we're <laughs> slumming it. I like that I chose blockheads, though. I mean, honestly, can I get my ego out of that? Oh, my gosh. That? <gasps> I didn't even put that it's together. all about me, see? I'm giving <laughs> and yet taking at the same time. For opening night, I got you Legos, which will serve as building blocks. Or <laughs> <Build> a city <laughs> and a shrine for me. And now, even going further back, I was, you know, I grew up in San Diego. You grew up in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I think I probably saw you play Belle at Disneyland 87,000 times. Did you have an annual pass? Um, We went often. Yeah. But when we went, I really wasn't interested in the rides. I wanted to see the shows. And like... Do you remember when they did the Dick Tracy musical? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> to me, that was theater. That right? was Broadway to I me. Mean, it was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was like, don't you want to go on the Matterhorn? And I was like, you're ruining my childhood, dad. I want to see <laughs> Dick Tracy again. Yeah, it was really something. And I loved, I mean, I'll be honest, I loved working there. Yeah. You you say five shows a day, five days a week, and that just sounded perfect to me oh at God. 19, 20 years old. And gosh, I mean, it really did get to the point where... 
I was playing Ariel and Mary Poppins and Belle and any given day. And, you know, I thought it was just going to be a quick summer gig. And before I knew, like seven, eight years, I was like, I'm still here, <laughs> still living the Disney dream. I went backstage at Disney. I went backstage at Disney once. And I saw a sign that was next to the gate where the, you know, actors and people would mm-hmm. walk out and it said, this is a smile zone. Oh, boy. Is that true? Well, yeah. I mean, they do give you the rules and regulations. If you're going to represent Walt Disney and the corporation, you have to smile. You point with two fingers, not with one. Pointing with one is very rude. You must point with two. If you play a face character, you have this entire handwriting book that shows you how to do the autograph so that, you know, every every bell. We're all the same bell, but every bell has the same consistent signature. It's really something. Did you have a rival bell? Well, no, but since I was the five-day bell, there was a two-day bell, you know, to take over. (laughs) She was actually delicious and lovely and so, so, so sweet. But when you are awarded a role role and you're like, wow, I'm the five-day, I'm the real one. Oh my gosh. If I was Belle, I'd be tying on my apron and then here would come Amber, the two-day one. I'd be like, oh, you're never going on, dear. (laughs) Shout out to Kathy Gilmore. She was the two-day Belle. She was fantastic. Kathy Gilmore, what a beautiful (laughs) name. I hope you're well. I think she is. Good. Good for her. Um, When did you move to New York? Well, that happened when I was 22, the first time. I wasn't ready. So I had just finished doing uh, Will Rogers Follies in Branson with Pat Boone. I was Z's favorite. Okay. Uh, That was a Troika production, so it was non-ec, and we were doing 12 shows a week. Oh, my God. And I found incredible friends there, most of whom came from New York. And a dear friend of mine said, I'm going to move to New York. Let's do it together. So she came out first. She found the apartment in Astoria. She had all the furnishings and pots and pans. And before I got there, she booked a job as a Rockette in Las Vegas. And she's like, yeah, so I'm going to go. I was like, <laughs> so I had the apartment to myself. I was packing up her crap, sending it to her in Los Angeles. Her name is Kelly Coleman Altunian. Hey, Kels. Uh, <laughs> and next thing I knew, I was in this apartment by myself, just intimidated by all things. Yeah. I wasn't ready to take the plunge by myself. I thought I was going hand in hand with one of my best girlfriends. And There I was, and I made terrible mistakes right off the bat. I remember I emptied my bank account and got everything in American Express traveler's checks. Everything. I just thought, this is going to be the smartest thing. I'll find a new bank when I'm there. Well, I didn't have a New York State driver's license. I didn't have proof of living here because the lease was under her name. So I had like all this all these traveler's checks, and no one would take it. So essentially, I had no money. So I called my dad at 22. He flew out. He helped me get everything in order so that I could have a proper identification here in New York City. And then I was arrested. Uh, What? Yes. No. I have an FBI file, you guys. Stop it. It may be now shelved, but... Uh -uh. Okay, this is full circle. Going back to Disneyland when I played Belle, I had a stalker. And in California, it was totally legal to take a couple of classes, written and physical classes, and you could get a stun gun and carry it with you. And that was legal. In New York City, not so much. No. Yes. So I tried to board an airplane with With a stun stun gun. gun. Correct. And that is a federal offense, people. Just, you know, note to self, put your stun gun away before you got on a plane. So the good news, bad news, I mean, there's really no good news to it, but it was pre 9-11. So, yeah. 
Because oh that could have been a whole different situation. That's so terrifying. It was terrifying. I was handcuffed and stuck in jail on Rosh Hashanah. I will never forget that September is Rosh Hashanah. And every person that I knew that was like, you know, responsible enough to actually bail me out was gorgeous Jewish families that were all in temple. So yeah. I was, you know, I had my bag full of like laundry money, quarters, and oh. I was trying to, once they let me out, once they got me out of the prison cell, I was trying to get a taxi cab of any kind, but I kept saying, well, you take me to an ATM, and as soon as I did, they'd keep driving because they knew I had no money. It was a night. Oh, my God. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lesson We're, learned. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Were they kind to you? I'm just imagining you, know, you like crying in a jail I cell. I was. I was. And they took my belt and my shoelaces no. because I was so dramatic and, like, you know, traumatized. Well, you're but an actress. There was, I am. There was a good cop, bad cop situation. So when they got me at security, the younger cop just wanted to get me. The older cop kept saying, Miss Block, is this operable? And I was like, I don't know. I've never used it on anybody. And he's like, Miss Block, wink, wink. Is this operable? And I wasn't picking up the cues at all. He took the battery out. Oh. It was like, Ms. Block, does this thing work? I was like, well, now that you've taken the battery out, probably not, but yeah. And that was it. Had, wow. I, had I said, no, it doesn't work, then I'm sure the older guy would have let me go. But you know I wasn't what? picking up my cues. Nice cop, if you're listening to this and you get in touch with me and you can prove that you were the nice cop. At LaGuardia Airport, circa... Gosh, I don't even know. Well, that's okay. We're going to leave out some of the details just so they can prove it. I will get you comps to share. And by comps, I mean I will pay for it myself. How nice of you. Yeah. Because there's we no know the fraction of the cop calling you is what? You never know. True. They might be a huge fan. They might have just seen the show. Maybe they saw Little Miss Sunshine and was like, that woman looks yeah. so familiar. Full on subscriber Something, you to know, second the tears stage. and the belting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. I do that a lot now, right? Yeah. I cry and sing a lot now. That's what you do is for a living. Is that my ticket? <laughs> that's, that's, isn't that so weird? Like, that is our job. Yeah. Like, I don't, all the temp jobs I've ever had have been horrible because I don't know how to do anything. So you go home and cry and don't get paid. Oh. Now we get to stand on stage and cry. Yeah. And earn a check. Exactly. Uh, you don't cry in the prom though, do you? No, sometimes, but only when I get moved, you know? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen eight shows a week. Like, I, I'm always there. I'm always in it. But mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, gee, uh, I fractured my foot a couple months ago and this really hurts. Mm. No, I have, as Cher, I have a full breakdown moment where I am in ridiculous tears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's exhausting. Not not what you're expecting from the Cher show, which is the beauty of the Cher show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cher's had a life. We all forget that. We just see the- The, the polished. Product. Correct. Yeah, yeah. She's had quite a life. That's amazing. And like, you guys know each other. Well, we do hang out every now and then. That's so incredible. <laughs> she does sign her emails- me. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> God, I think the, the closest I've ever gotten to that sort of like celebrity friendship is massaging Bill Finn at Little Miss Sunshine rehearsals. Remember that? I was his massage boy. I'm not commenting on any of this. 
it seems dangerous. No, 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 not in a dirty way. He'd just be like, just oh, give I know. me a massage. He wants the arms massage, the oh hands, the gosh. shoulders. I know, yeah. I know. But at the time, I was just like, happy You're to a be genius. here, easy to work with. Happy uh-huh. to be here, easy to work with. Talk to me about falsettos again, Bill. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. So um, made it worth your while. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so you left New York. I did, had to go. Had to did go. Did it go back to Branson or I Orange did, County? yeah. Uh, that as a, that's another story. I've lived a couple lives. Yeah. So I was in Branson doing Will Rogers Follies. I sprained my ankle. I fell in love with my orthopedic surgeon. Um, he was 40. I was 22. He had two children. I came here. I, wa- I just wanted to get back to him. In fact, I was on my way to him when I was arrested. Okay. So I go back <laughs> to Branson when I'm ready to leave here. I live with him. I essentially help raise his two sweetie pies. I get my own morning show on the showboat Branson Bell mornings with Stephen Ken. And then I find out he is not as forthright and as faithful and loyal as one might want. So I pack my bags and I go back to California and I kind of just go back to, there's no just, I'm very proud of it. I worked hard. I did a lot of regional theater. I I went back to um, amusement park shows. Uh, You know, when you're in California or anywhere, you've got to work six different jobs in order to pay your rent and pay for your life. So that's what I was doing. And then a random phone call from Stephen Schwartz on my answering machine saying he was developing a new project. I wonder what that new project could have been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was it. And then the next day I met with him. Wow. All because he went to dinner and there were a handful of people that – worked in Southern California in theater and most of whom had done something with me and said, it sounds like you might, you know, have a good fit with Stephanie singing this role. And there we did. And we met the next day. And that was like a two year relationship of the beginnings and the developing of what would become Wicked. Wow. That is unbelievable. But it's also a testament to kind of reputation is everything Mm. and kindness is everything. Mm. And, you know, it just goes to show that you, that you and your work ethic made people go, oh, Stephen Schwartz, here's your girl. It, it was a great compliment. Yeah. And I always look back, you know, people are like, oh, this business, it's all luck. It's all luck. And my voice teacher, who's actually still in Orange County, her name is Jill Goodsell. She'd say, there is no luck. It's when opportunity meets preparedness. And you were prepared. Yeah. Because had Stephen Schwartz called and I was like, hamana, 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 hamana then it wouldn't have been an opportunity. But to be ready is kind of everything in our business. Yeah, I'm glad that you weren't all hamana hamana and be like, hold on, I just spilled the bong water. <laughs> hold on, Stephen. Oh, God. Oh, shoot, just stepped on the cat. Uh-oh. Stepped on the cat. I'm going to miss you, Mr. Meatballs. I feel like shirts are going to be made. <laughs> I just stepped on the cat. Maybe, and I love that I named your make-believe that cat Mr. Meatballs. Mr. Yeah. Meatballs. You've got a cat. What's the name I've of your sweet? I've got two. Oh, it's so gay. You love them. Oh, no. No, well, Sweeney. Cheetah. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Sweeney and Toby. Oh. I know. Yeah, no, that's sweet, though. Well, that it, seems right. Another example of how kind you are and non-judgmental. during Sunshine, it was around Halloween time, I got Sweeney a Little Mermaid costume. That's correct. 
And I would take videos singing yep. <laughs> part of your world yes. and just send them to you. And they would bring me such joy. I'm glad that I had somebody <laughs> to send them to. Because my parents would be like, oh, my God, he is on drugs again. Get him into a re- They're not oh, from the South, mind you. Oh, no. Uh, but, but this is my choice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, That's this the is judgmental podcast, voice. My choice. Um, <laughs> okay. So before we go into the land of animals. Yeah. Your Broadway debut was something to behold. Oof. Yeah. Another living icon. Why do I do this to myself? Because I say. not many people can do what you do. It was Liza Minnelli. Yeah. In The Boy From Oz. Starring? Mr. Hugh Jackman. What? Where were you when you got that? Did you already move back to New York? No. Yes. Yes, I'd moved back to New York. I was in the ensemble and then was going to be the standby for Adina when we came back to New York with Wicked. Mm -hmm. There were two contracts, so we signed an out-of-towner for San Francisco, and then there was a separate contract for the Broadway contract. We had yet to sign the Broadway contract, so in between San Fran and coming to New York, I was able to you know, not break any contracts and say, I think I got to do this one. But in a lunch break... Uh, I went and auditioned for this part strictly to kind of have my face in front of different directors and producers and people that I didn't know. I expected nothing other than I just want to sing in front of as many people as I can since I'm in New York. And then that was on a Monday at a lunch break from Wicked Rehearsals. The very next day on a lunch break on Tuesday, I did a dance uh, audition by myself, solo. And then a week later, they were like, we would like for you to take the next Monday and have a work session with Hugh. And I said, I can't. I'm supposed to be on a plane to San Francisco. That's when the company is leaving for out of town. And they said, well, we'd like to, we'll call your your general managers. We'll change your ticket on our dime and just come and be with Hugh and let's see what this is. And a half hour after that beautiful meeting where he was gracious and we played and it was really just about kind of comfortability and chemistry they offered me the part and I was thrilled and I got on the plane and then had a bit of a nervous breakdown because you're in silence going, oh no, how am I going to do this? How am I going to please people? Oh, everybody's going to hate me. You know, the little demons creep yeah. in and pretty much talked myself out of the job when I was on the plane and then landed in San Fran, was back in the land of wicked and just started talking to my agents. But it was fast and furious. I kind of was the last piece of the puzzle for The Boy From Oz. Interesting. And they wanted things to go fast. Yeah. So within three days, you know, there was a press release, contracts were done, and it was just there at my lap. So I didn't quite know what I was jumping into. I will say that Hugh was uh, a beautiful partner. He protected me like crazy. He was an advocate for what I was bringing to the stage. And that whole rehearsal process was such a juggle in the sense that I don't think they knew how to present Liza Minnelli's story in 45 minutes of stage time because she was a secondary character. You know, Mm. it wasn't the Liza Minnelli story. It was Peter Allen's story, but yet she is such a huge personality and she is so embedded in everybody's mind that they weren't quite sure how to introduce her to the audience, how to craft her, how to age her. And so it was a, just a revolving door of wigs and eyelashes and costumes and discussions as to where she should begin and how it should end. And I being in my twenties, didn't quite have the voice to say, this is what I instinctually feel. What if we tried? I think we should. Those sentences just never came out of my mouth. Well, it's so hard to to learn how to not just be a yes person. Yeah. 
I wanted to be, you know, easy to work with and obedient. And Mm -hmm. as we say, quote unquote, stay in your lane instead of being a collaborator. I wasn't ready to be a collaborator. So Hugh saw that and Hugh really recognized what I was bringing to the rehearsal room and saw that that light was kind of being dimmed through the whole preview process. And he just said, stop, we had it and now we've lost it. And Mm -hmm. it's because of all the tinkering that we're doing. And um, a couple weeks later, once we had sort of consistency, we regained what we had lost. But it was a real interesting time, major challenge, and learned a lot, but also had a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder from that moment because um, you don't walk into those roles lightly. And had I known what I known, I don't know if I would have said yes. And that was one of the reasons why I kept saying thank you so much, but no thank you to playing Cher. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to take the jump then? Jason Moore finally said, please let me take you to dinner. Let me tell you what the concept is. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Ho, ho, ho. How about that? A, a, a dinner where the director actually wants to hear what I might be thinking. And it was wonderful. It was two hours of him expressing what he wanted from the play, what he wanted from the role, what he thought the pitfalls would be, how he feels he would be able to avoid those pitfalls. And it was a very open and honest forum. So that allowed me to immediately trust him as a director and a collaborator and allowed me to express why I thought I wasn't going to be the right fit, the baggage that I was carrying from, you know, 15 years prior with playing Liza, my fears of what audiences would expect and how absolutely no one on this planet could possibly fill those shoes. And somehow it came together where I said, let's do this two-week reading slash workshop to present to share. And we'll see what I think, what you think, what share thinks, and we'll go from there. We'll just kind of reassess. So it was a freeing moment in the sense that I was just doing the two weeks of work and I didn't put on all of this heft and weight and stress of, but this is going to lead to out of town and what is out of town going to be? And then when we get to Broadway, what is that going to be? And I didn't care what anything else looked like, just what those two weeks were going to be creating in a rehearsal studio um, and being as vocal and as free and as honest as uh, I creatively could. Incredible. Well, something that I've learned from you is um, self-care and Mm. the importance of Mm self-care and the importance of laying like really healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And you can still be professional and wonderful to work with, with sticking up for yourself and what feels good for you because yes. Broadway is scary. Yes, it people is. People don't, I don't think people realize how terrifying it is to just put yourself up there. there. And it's yeah. not like a movie where it's up and you go home and that's it. Whatever people think is what they think. No. It's you're there eight times a week. And it ebbs and flows every single night. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to stay real true to what you're bringing to the stage. It, it, It's still very interesting to me when I lovingly call them civilians who don't do what we do will come up and be, isn't it just so boring that you have to do the same thing and say the same lines every night? And it's just, I find it incredibly different. I'm not that actress that leaves all her crap at the door. I, of course, compartmentalize some things, but I feel you bring the crap in and that makes for a real rich performance as long as I'm not 
infecting my other actors or changing, you know, the whole course and source of the play, I feel like it just really gives me more depth than if I left all that at the door. Because I try to bring as much of me into a character as any sort of fictitious character I'm playing or in this, you know, this season playing Cher. And then there's the audience. And every single night, they're different. Mm -hmm. I find them to be a collective being. I find them that if we have three or four really ball busters out in the audience, then they get everybody else going and it's a really infectious fun night. I find if we have a very conservative, quiet audience to begin with, then that's how they are until the very end when the bows and then they appreciate us in that way. But I find that so interesting too. Yeah. And then it's a big test of my wills. Like, when do I push? When do I lean back? Do you think they'll understand if I switch it ever so slight? So it is this beautiful storytelling, but it's also a really true and interesting and different relationship with the audience eight times a week. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, uh, I do a lot of comedies. And so I always find like, oh, collectively, this entire audience is loving it. Or like, oh, collectively, this 1,500 people think I am lousy. Uh-huh. Like, they love the character. They uh-huh. just hate me. It's well, personal. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. My cat Meatballs would totally disagree. <laughs> but it, it it is that, where there are some nights where people are so responsive and they're feeding you audibly and with their facial expressions, you love it. And then there are other nights where they're just enjoying in a different way and not necessarily reciprocating in the same way that you might be used to or as much as you're giving. They're still loving it. It's just, you're like, are you are you there? Oh, oh, you guys did show up two and yeah. a half hours later. So they just absorb it and appreciate it in different ways. Yeah, totally. Now, um, one performance of yours that has been ongoing for some time now is you are a mommy. I'm a mom. I worked hard to be a mom. I know. You were there through a lot of the- I remember. Needles and bruises and doctor's appointments and yeah. 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 So it took- well, I met my husband a little later in life. So he came, Sebastian Arcellus, whom you knew from the Wicked yeah, Tour. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's how I met him too. Uh, I was leaving the Wicked Tour as he was just coming in and I knew he was extraordinary, but it wasn't meant to be at that moment in time. And it happened later when he continued on the tour. I had gotten back home. He was writing these beautiful journal entries about how I had changed his life. I was thinking about him and Ba, 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 ba. But that was, you know, well into my mid-30s. So we weren't sure it, what was going to happen as far as becoming parents. And we had to kind of wrap our head around what that looked like for us. And I knew I wanted to be married for just a few years in order to establish what our relationship was and our understanding of each other and how we work together in the world. And then by the time we said, yeah, let's do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama Block was what they call a geriatric pregnancy, an attempted geriatric pregnancy. That's the scientific term? Correct. Why can't they come up with something more friendly? Isn't that something? That's it's ridiculous. It's advanced aged pregnancy, and then at a certain age, it's geriatric. What the <laughs> hell? It's, it's, it's terrifying, and it makes you feel horrible. But anyway, so it took us almost five years to have sweet vives, and we tried everything from natural to Chinese herbs to acupuncture to enlisting fertility doctors to 
you know, not to expose too much, we actually did have her naturally, but it came, I had to release a lot of expectations and the stress and we planned a trip to go to Africa and we paid for our airline tickets and I had my, I was going to trek with the gorillas and we were off to Rwanda and it was within that time period where I knew I had to get off all fertility because they can't continue to give you those meds. The CDC says you can't have like, you know, your um, vaccinations for traveling and yellow fever and blah, 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 if they think that you're pregnant at all. So I released that hope of trying to get pregnant during that time. And sure enough, during that time is when it all happened. We never made it to Africa, but we've got Vives and she's wild. She's the best. For your next birthday, I'm going to dress up as a gorilla, and I am going to turn the recording studio into Africa. A safari land. And I am going to let you dance with me, and I'll be, you know, gentle. I can even find a zebra suit. I've got a connection at Lion King. Can we just get tickets to Lion King? Would that be okay? That's okay, All right, let's choose option B. Okay, 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 that feels safer to me. Can I go dressed as a zebra? Can I stop you? Yes. Okay, then. So that's that's our story with Thieves, and it is a juggle. I mean, to... Do this career and still be a hundred percent in in every way as a wife, as a artist, as a mama. It's it's beautiful, but it I like to call it brutal because it's brutal and beautiful at the same time, and it's exhausting. But I would never ever change one second of my life. Yeah, I think it's so incredible that you. I mean, it's almost like you're a superhero in the sense that you have a double life, like. You are mom. I am mom. And then you're rock star. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. People that do know me come to the theater expecting, you know, yeah, okay, she's she's an artist. This is what she does. This is and somehow, yeah, the pop icon that unfolds at the Neil Simon, it shocks me sometimes because I'm not quite sure where that turned from me just kind of taking on a character to, without sounding, you know, lofty in any way, there is an embodiment that I I worked really hard and then something clicked and now it's in there. Yeah. I, I can't explain it, but somehow I found Cher and she found me and it's pretty wild. And then I go home and wake up at six o'clock in the morning to be her mom and pack her a little lunch for lunch oh, bunch at her nursery God. school. <laughs> She's in nursery school. She is, and she loves, I mean, she never wants to get ready and leave the house, much like all of us, right? But when she's there, she totally loves it. She's a social butterfly, and we've got we've got a real strong-willed girl on our hands. I think it's important for all industries, but also I feel like show business is lacking on this, of how show business as, you know, producers and employers, how can they be better to new parents? That's a really interesting question. I think that's a multi-layered answer. My first indication would be I'm not sure in the sense that we all know what we're walking into when we say we're going to be artists, right? So we know it's not just a career. It really does become a life choice Mm -hmm. because we don't clock in, clock out. Our hours are very different than most again, I say with love, civilians. Our weekends are such where we're doing four or five shows 
a weekend. And that's when most parents get the most substantial time with their kids. It's a very different thing. So I feel like everybody is very empathetic. I feel like though producers, general managers, they all recognize the effort, the exhaustion, the the sort of responsibility of being a parent. But I also feel there's a, okay, great, but that's not our problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I would really use the word problem. It's they, they celebrate us being moms and dads when we're off site. If it anyway kind of encroaches on um, what might happen to their show or otherwise, then it becomes a bit of a complicated dance. I can speak to both sides of my brain. I can speak to that of a mother and say, if you only knew, and I can bring it to their attention, look, I can't come in. Vivi is X, Y, Z. She's ill or whatever it, the case may be. I will always be a mom first. Yeah. I do make that decision with the conscious acknowledgement that it is going to, in quote, cost our producer something, whether it's putting on the understudy or having a rehearsal or something's going to start late. And I do feel that sort of heavy chest of, oh, this is coming down to my choice and I'm kind of disturbing the force because of being a parent, but I am a parent. So I feel like if you're hiring a mom or dad, there is sort of that understanding that we're going to be wearing several different hats through the course of the contract. But I do know they're also running a business. Yeah. So I can't expect them to continuously bend over backwards or ch change their rules or uh, because it was my beautiful choice to be a mom. So I've made that choice. But if you choose to hire me, I promise you, you'll get a kick-ass performance, but you also may have a little more uh, complication on your hands as an employee or employer because I've got an extra little person that I have to negotiate and put first. Yeah, a beautiful, beautiful little person. Does she get to come to work with you sometimes? Sometimes. This is an interesting show in the sense that uh, there just isn't enough room in my dressing room for her to sit during the course of the show because of the amount of costumes and the sort of movement that happens yeah, in my, sure. my dressing room. Um, but she likes to come mm -hmm. in between shows. She likes to see me as half share or in partial <laughs> costume when I'm full share, she doesn't like it. She thinks share has taken mama and it, it, I don't like it. So I've tried to FaceTime her to say, you know, good night. I love you or whatever. And she looks away from the camera and she just kind of shakes her hands like that's not my mama. But if she is in the back of the house watching like, you know, the big finale, then she's waving and she's beaming. But if she's close up, which I don't blame her, you know, the drag that I am strutting, you don't want to see it close up. It's not something for everybody, especially your kid. <laughs> well, at least you're not playing like a scary part like Miss Trunchbull and No, Matilda no. Yeah, I don't have any prosthetics or moles with hair. But, you know, I, El I Elmer's glue, my eyebrows gone and have to no, paint out. Oh, honey, yes, there is some morphing of my face going Elmer's on. Elmer's glue? Oh, yeah, the drag queens have taught me well. What you did for <laughs> love. That's insane. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, as a parent of two cats, yeah. I completely identify. They mm. do not like seeing me dressed up fully as my character Sheldon in the prom. Yeah. It really throws them. Is Tobes more affected or Sween's more uh, affected? Sweeney is a little bit yeah. more affected, yeah. but because he's older, he's been around longer, yeah. and yeah. Toby, you know, is just a little needy. He's like me. Mm -hmm. He's like he's like daddy. <laughs> 
And I just have to say, like, I still remember running into you on the street when you told me that you were finally pregnant. And literally, I cried you on the did. subway you, home. You did I cry. cried right there. Yes, you did. And I'm not going to lie. When I got home, I turned on the cast recording of Baby and tried to sing along to My Story Goes On. <gasps> That's a rangy one. I know. I, I don't have that range, <laughs> but... That's how that's how strongly I felt emotionally. Yeah. Towards you becoming a mommy and Sebby becoming it, a it's, daddy. It's really great. I mean, if anything, Sebastian is an extraordinary father and he's molding a really great little human. And yeah. he is really holding down the fort. I mean, he's working his own ass off, you know, with Madam Secretary. But if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have been able to do both. Share the share show and been a mama, you yeah. know, kept a, a, a happy hearth and home because um, this has been like nothing I've ever experienced before. Er. Well, is this your this is your first time doing like a full out Broadway show? Yeah, we did kid, falsettos. Right? Oh, right right, 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 right. But she was, you know, 18 months. So she'd wave goodbye, a little bit of tears. I, I'm sure she missed me a little bit, but that was also a limited run. So I could mm -hmm. kind of live in it, but see the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel with this being a kind of indefinite run. And this was the first time in a long time that I'd been associated with a show before it went out of town and then come to Broadway. So the investment was well over a year. And that has been a long time since I've said yeah. yes to something like that. That's so true. Yeah. Um, and speaking of falsettos, you were so unbelievable. Oh, thanks. Oh my gosh. The material was pretty remarkable. The cast was pretty remarkable. And the time that we were telling the story just was so fitting and so raw and it rubbed people the right way, wrong way. It was really good. It just was really good. It's so important. I will never forget. I got so lucky. Carolee invited me to your opening night. <sighs> so I got to see the show again but this time I was sitting with the entire original company, the original off-Broadway March of the Falsettos, the original tour company, all 8,000 Jasons over the years. Yeah, um, and I was I was really nervous that night. Oh, I wanted to make them so proud. They were so because proud. Because there's, there's a beautiful legacy there, and there is something about this particular story that unites the cast and makes like not even an unspoken bond, a full-on uh, spoken bond that you fall in love with each other because you know what you're doing is really important. Mm -hmm. I know the touring company now, you know. I saw them all before, and I said, your life is going to change. Yeah. These roles are going to change. And they they took it in, but it, it, it even right now, Eden texted me, I don't know, 20 minutes before I walked into the studio, and she said, I'm in L.A., where we were raised, and you're right. This role has changed my life. I love telling this story. I can't believe I get to be here in Los Angeles and share this story. And, and it, it just changes people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I might be wrong on this, but I think it's the first musical that ever really explored the epidemic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was the intention when it began. Mm -hmm. Like the show evolved so much over time. Mm -hmm. And it is such an important part of history, of New York history. Mm -hmm. But sitting with that cast, watching you, watching them embrace one another, laugh together, remember the show again, but to see it be born anew. That's a moment. You had an, a real New York theater moment. It was stunning. Oh, thanks. Uh, no, thank you. Like, you all changed our lives, and that is something that theater 
can do. And, and it does. Do. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, and it also is something that theater doesn't do all the time. But you really changed me. Thanks, Josh. It changed me too. It really did. That piece really changed me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we are going to be taking a call from a fan with a question who does not know that you are on the air. They're going to flip out. Okay, we'll be right back with Josh Swallows Broadway. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello? Yeah. How you doing? Hey. So... I'm so happy to be on the air with you, and I have a special guest that's here to help me with your question, and that is Broadway's darling, Stephanie J. Block. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I know. I need to fix my hair too, brother. You look fine. Oh, They didn't tell me like anybody outside of the studio was going to see this, my friend, (laughs) so I apologize in advance. Oh, please. You look look like a movie star. Oh, Sure. Um, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So you wrote us in with a question. Yes. Give it to us. Sure. So my biggest question was, I I wrote it down so I didn't forget it. Oh, you smarty pants. What's the one thing that's kept you going through the challenging and mostly self-critical times? Like what has made you continue in the business uh, that is theater when you or others get down on you? Interesting. I always, I use an actor trick. I always envision myself doing something else and I kind of can't picture what that looks like. And then I say, you know, even if I was in that line of work, whatever that is, it's going to have just as many ups and downs. You're going to have just as many crappy days. You're going to have a boss that's going to question who you are, how you're doing it. So for me, what feeds me in this business outweighs what kind of can bring you down in this business. I also make sure that regardless of um, if I'm working or not working, I constantly try to inspire myself, which means you got to go to the library and pick up a script and start reading something, a role that you've always wanted to play. No one has given you that opportunity yet. So you need to perfect it on your own and you will find such joy in working on the material 
yourself. Or you grab like, you know, seven friends and you start reading a Shakespeare play in someone's basement because you need that outlet and so do your friends. And it will give you, it will fill up your cup in ways that I can't even explain, you know, even though you're not necessarily being paid for it, which you Mm -hmm. and I know most of this work is doing all the work without earning a paycheck, right? It's auditioning. It's getting yourself ready for the audition. It's putting yourself out there. It's getting your headshots and your resumes together. So that's kind of laying the groundwork for what you get to actually get paid for. It's starting a podcast because you've got another, you know, instinct or something that you want to do. You got to just do it, brother, because we're so used to kind of waiting our turn, having somebody else take control and saying, ding, you're right for this. When you need to say, you know what? I am right for this. And I'm going to be so effing ready when the phone call comes or when I decide to produce or... So that's what always keeps me going. Also, I play this trick on myself. I always think the next phone call is going to be the next big thing. And if I'm ready for that phone call you ain't ever going to be bored. You're not, if you're sitting on your ass, you're doing it wrong. Right. Okay. Those are my three little oh, pieces of information. For me, I get really depressed when I'm not working. Oh. And so it's constantly learning how to deal with that and to find that balance. And just because you're not going to have that figured out tomorrow, that's okay. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, our, our careers are so fluid. Jobs right. come and go. Um, it's almost like chasing a high. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one thing that I've tried to embrace is when one door closes, another will open. It's just hell in the hallway. And that's okay. You're on your way to the next door. It's just a little uncomfortable right now. But life right. is going to be a series of doors closing and finding the next one. And that's all good. But I love what Stephanie said. You got to make your own work. Got to do it. Yeah. And write stuff, always write stuff down. I really find that that's kind of a magical seed. It may not bring you all the joy that you're looking for, but when you're writing down your experiences, you're planting seeds, and I truly believe you're telling the universe, this is what I want. I'm writing it down. These are my intentions. And somehow it really does bring things to fruition. Yeah. Awesome. So you're an actor, yeah? Yeah, I am. Are you here in the city? Uh, no, I actually, I'm from St. Louis, but okay. I go to school in Carbondale, Illinois, which is near like the southern tip of Illinois. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a BFA in musical theater. So. Congratulations. Yay! St. Louis is kind of a gorgeous town, and you guys have the most beautiful Fox Theater I've ever seen. She's big, right? Fox. It's like 5,000, 6,000 seats. Enormous. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you also Huge. have the Muni. Oh, and stage sure. St. Louis and yeah, so and many, yeah, yeah, so many great companies. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can't wait for you to join us in our army here in New York one day so we can work with you. Yeah, and absolutely. here's another surprise. Stephanie and I are going to move in with you and be your first roommates <laughs> here in New York. Oh boy. Congratulations. Yay. Mazel tov, as we would say in falsettos. Oh, I wasn't thank in it. You. <laughs> Cool. It was so good to talk to you. So good to talk to to you. you. Thank you so much. What a privilege. And uh, yeah, keep us posted on you, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye, brother. Bye. See you later. How sweet was that?
Rosie. That was so sweet. I mean, come on. You don't want to call them the next generation, but the next generation, I love I love them. I do too. They're kind. Because they're and they're brave. Yes. I think what we do is really brave. Oh, it's beyond brave. I it's know. it's beyond the Disney film and brave. It doesn't my God. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, like you said, you can't have major self-doubts because I don't think anybody gets to the other side of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember reading an article about Dame Judy Dench, mm. and she felt like after every job, she wasn't going to work again. And that's Judy Dench. I know. So, you know, we Can all got it. She's like, dear world. I don't think I'm going to work again. After Shakespeare Love, I believe this is going to be the end of my career. I wonder what the next chapter will bring. It's always Meryl, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Everybody chants that, don't they? um, Stephanie, I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you for taking the time to come and hang out for a bit. And if you haven't seen her in the Cher show, get your tuchus there immediately. She is serving you fire. I love you. I love, I love your you family. Oh, and gosh, me too. Thanks for saying so. Yeah, thanks for coming on Josh Swallow's Broadway. <laughs> That's supposed to be a burp, but it's not working out. <laughs> All right, we will see you next time, faithful listeners. We love you and have a great day. Bye. Josh Swallow's Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh.layman. See you soon. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.